Hi, this is Wentworth Miller. You're listening to The Flash Podcast. And welcome back to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things related to CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Baroness Slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B, as always, and today we have a, ver- a very packed uh, panel of awesome guests. And we, first of all, we have returning uh, from um, since he did his guest spot last summer, Kyle Wilson from uh, Nerd Repository. Uh, Kyle, welcome back to the show. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, Andy. Thanks for having me back. Uh, very excited to get back with the Flash fans. Likewise, and also joining from the repository is Mr. Alan. Hopefully, I I should share this lesson because I this is what I do. I forget names. Mr. Alan Schuler from repository. Uh, welcome, yes. Alan. How are you doing? Perfect. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for coming on. And also joining us is, is uh, someone that we mention a lot on this podcast, but we haven't had him on until now. He is known as Odyssey Art Torch on the internet, uh, an amazing artist who we teamed up for an awesome giveaway a few weeks, months ago, something like that. But he's also known as Brian. So, Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. So... So yeah, so we're going to be doing another carriage review uh, for as we're doing season 2.5 as we all waiting for season 3 to arrive because I think we're all dying for Flashpoint and all the things we're going to be doing. But uh, before we get to that, let's do some brief Flash news, although I think this is the, probably the biggest WTF news that we ever had because <laughs> it was announced by TV Line a few days ago, I think last Friday, that... Arrow's John Barrowman has renewed his contract with Arrow to stay as a series regular, but he's also going to be pulling series regular duties on The Flash and Legends Tomorrow. Now, I'm going to leave the Legends Tomorrow portion for the, the girls at Legends Tomorrow podcast, but uh, but because we're The Flash podcast, we're going to jump right into it because what the F is Malcolm Rowland going to be doing on The Flash in Season 3? I have no freaking idea. So, But let's go around the table, and, you know, or the invisible table or whatever, and see how everyone feels about it. So, Brian, how do you feel about John Barrowman coming to The Flash, you know, you know, a character like Malcolm Merlin, now, you know, who we've seen on Arrow a lot, now being in, in part of the world of The Flash and as well as Legends? Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of... WTF like you. Um, I, I'm not really sure how he's going to fit in uh, to the Flash world. Um, you know, I feel like even though the Flash and, and Arrow cross over, the, the shows are so different in terms of tone and, and style that I don't really see how uh, Malcolm Merlin's going to fit into that. Um, unless something happens with Flashpoint where he goes back and he becomes... Somebody different? <laughs> I don't see how that's going to work. 
What about you, Cal and Alan? And what do you guys think about um, Barrowman? You know, so, you know. I mean, you know, this villain that everyone knows is a villain now being part of. I mean, it would have been understood understandable if he had been a recurring guest star, but now he's like serious regular on all of these free shows. So, what do you guys think about it? Uh, personally, I, I it makes me excited mainly because I felt like they didn't really know what to do with him in the last season or so of Arrow. And the fact that they seem to have a plan now, and it's going to be a big one. I love John Barrowman, and I want to see him have great material to work with. And the fact that they're planning long-term for the character, not just kind of throwing him into the storylines wherever they can, makes me excited. As far as how he's going to work with the Flash, it's got to be something major. He's got to, he's got to be an overarching character that can have influence in all these different shows. What that's going to be, I don't have a clue. But I'm excited to find out. And Alan, what about you? Yeah, I mean... I don't know, part of me is excited uh, because it is John Berman, but also the other half, it just seems like they're just pandering to the nerd nerd culture, like, I don't know, people like John Berman, let's throw more of him in there. Um, so it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I agree with all three of you that I think that season four was kind of Malcolm's worst season. Um, the whole Roger Gould thing didn't really work at all neither for me or for him because he kind of sucked at it um and well i mean he lost the whole organization in the weirdest fight against Oliver queen ever uh, by losing a hand and and he was and just not only not only that but after he lost his title as as raz al ghul or rich al ghul or however you want to say it he literally was just floating around with damien dark and kind of just there was no direction to him whatsoever yeah he just kind of appeared at they even made a joke of it because he would just appear out of the shadows. Like, whoa, whoa where'd you come from? <laughs> but yeah, they just he just kept showing up for scene fill sometimes. Yeah, I I was kind of pissed with the fact that he. I mean, also you know the only, he was just a pawn for for Damian Dark, and also he. I mean, look, I, I mean, people. I mean, if people haven't heard it before, I am still pretty pissed that they killed Black Canary. But the thing that also pissed me pissed me <laughs> off is that. Malcolm was so butthurt about his daughter turning against him that he didn't do anything to stop Damien from killing Laurel. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't, I can't see Team Flash. I mean, we don't, like I said, we don't know what they're going to do with him. And But if they're going to try to like, redeem him somehow, and we know that, I mean, we know Cisco had a crush on Laurel. I mean, all of them cared for Laurel and so on, and they get some still bring him in they take him in they accept him and so i'm gonna have an issue with it and now the thing that is a little bit interesting though is i mean and also i love john Berman too he's you know he's one of my role models i love captain jack from torchwood you know to whoever is the new showrunner for doctor who please bring back jack because yes please because Stephen moffat has punished us enough for many years not bringing him back um no moffat is cool but you know hashtag bring back jack and but the thing that you know, I love John Berman and so on, but yes, I feel that they don't really know what to do with him and so on because he was awesome season one as a big bad, and then he, I mean, I don't know, season two, he was fine, season three, you know, he was a dick, and season four, he was a dick who just broke into their cave every t- every night and so on, which, you know, get better security, but, you know, that's that's neither here nor here to say, and, but it all depends on what they're going to do with him on all the shows, and I mean, it's interesting that they didn't mention Supergirl, and maybe it's because they don't want to spoil the fact. I mean, it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. We know they're going to merge Supergirl into the same universe as Flash and Arrow and Legends at some point. So it's like, 
are we maybe seeing him being a Savior Dragon on Super Bowl as well? Which would be kind of hilarious because Cat Grant would slaughter him. And, you know, the one person on, on Earth that can defeat him besides Oliver Queen would probably be Cat Grant. Uh, so it's it all depends on what we're going to do. I mean... If we think about it, we, I mean, we have a similar situation going on with Captain Cold. You know, he's not a serious rigor anymore on Legends, but he's going to be recurring on both Legends and The Flash. Now, now we have two supervillains that are going to be kind of showing up on all the shows. I mean, if another villain gets another a counter like this, uh, you know, if they, if they announce another character that we know as, is a villain having a deal up appearing on all these shows... Could it all be connected to something? Like, could they be setting up maybe something like Legion of Doom? Or like, you know, what do you think they could be doing with these kind of actors that are now showing up on all these shows? Or is it just to have, just make the shows more connected with each other by having, oh, look, there's a Flash villain now on the on the Arrow show this week, and, you know, vice versa. Um, anyone who wants to chime in, just chime in. Yeah, I, I personally, I think that they're, I think it's not, a, I don't think it's a connected thing that both Captain Cold and, and um, Malcolm are going to be, reoccurring on different shows but I think it's more of just a cross-pollination thing I think they want to create this they're, they're having to really plan ahead for this cohesive universe that they're building and the fact that Supergirl is going to be part of it and that's four different shows uh, they're going to have to spread things out a little bit and and the fact that, that that'll make it feel more like a comic book series for me I'm, I'm a big stickler for continuity and for crossovers and all that stuff because you live in the same world you're going to run into the same people so that makes me happy that they're going to have characters like Malcolm and like snart that could just at any time show up in starling city or star city or whatever you want to call it or you know in legends or wherever else like that's exciting uh alan or uh, brian what do you think yeah i i agree that it's exciting um you know the whole the whole interconnected universe um again i'm just stuck on the fact that i have no idea what they're going to do with merlin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is kind of an out there theory that I came up with, and it doesn't really line up. But I was like, if they're if they're doing a Flashpoint thing, are they gonna, you know, maybe make him be like a Thomas Wayne Batman type character? Like in the Flashpoint universe, there's a darker, older Batman, and you know, Malcolm Merlin has all the Batman skills. Could they go that route without actually having to use a Wayne? That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm open for that idea, but I don't think if I mean, is it necessary for him to be a serious director? Because you know, you're paying him a lot of money then, and so because we also have to remember from I mean, you know, we don't know how much each actor is paid and whatnot and so on. But when you're getting a serious regular deal and now on free shows, that is, I mean, it also kind of bumps me out that none of these shows have so far added any new female series regulars besides Legends Tomorrow, which you know they're a new vixen, but that's because they replace. I mean. It's not a uh, you know an extra female. They're just replacing her because Hawkgirl was you know taken off the show and whatnot. So it kind of bu- I mean you know today for example we you know there was an you know Viola Bean who plays Jesse Quick. She's gonna be moderating a panel at Comic Con. Which you know why don't you know like why how come that an era has been promoting a lot of male characters as well and they you know bringing a lot of new recurring male characters. So it kind of bums me out that we're not seeing a little more female additions. Uh, I mean, I know, I get, I get it. This is the Flash, you know, the show about Barry Allen, the Flash, and so on. This is, this, the show is called Arrow. The show, you know, it's from Oliver's perspective and whatnot. But that doesn't mean that we can't have more female caters around them. Um, and I just feel that, you know, like I said, nothing against John Barry, nothing against whoever they brought in as the male version of Laurel and Arrow, because that's exactly what they're doing. And male, male the district attorney who's a vigilante, wherever I heard that before, oh, it was basically Laurel. And I just feel like we need some more, we need to add some more female characters, and I hope that's what's coming. So, 
I mean, look, if they were... Oh, no, go on. I was just going to add to what you were saying, but I, I do think that the addition of Supergirl to that universe does bring a lot of kind of girl power to that, because you do have, like you mentioned, Cat Grant, you've got Kara... Um, Alex. you got Alex, and... You know, who knows what else? Like maybe they'll bring in McGann at some point because you know. You I got will John die Jones. if they bring in if they bring in Ms. <laughs> Martian. I will die of happiness because that needs to happen. We need uh, that would be an image. She would be great to bring in that. But please continue. No, but yeah, I mean, so that that's starting to fill a little bit of that of that quotient. Um, you know, other than killing Black Canary slash Laurel off, it, it just it seems like it would be a little bit of a. A forced issue to put somebody else in there out of nowhere. Um, they've already kind of built up these male casts, so unless you organically bring in a good female character, you could end up with like you know Huntress in the early seasons of Arrow that nobody really cared about. Hey, hey, now, this is not a look. You're entitled to your opinion, but this is not a safe place to bash on Helena. I will literally go out and make a Leave a Helena Alone video in the style of Leave Brittany Alone video because I am a defender of Helena Bernali and Huntress on, in this universe. So, uh, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, I just feel like, you know, sure, it has to be done organically or whatever and so but I just feel that, you know, is it, does it make more sense to keep adding, like, a bunch of more male characters and so on when there's so many great female characters that you can bring? I mean, heck, we even have a Laurel technically on Earth 1 again because of Earth 2, and I, you know, I think they're doing something with it because Katie Cassidy is back in Vancouver. I mean, she lives there, and she's supposedly living now with Katie Lotz, who's her, you know, her TV sister, and she's she's continuing to work out, and they just started filming the new season, so... Read into that what you will. But She'll be uh, around. She'll be around in one form or another. Oh, yeah, I mean... Th- it was no accident that they kept her in the pipeline uh, and um, yeah. and whatnot. But um, but yeah, but with John Berman, I mean, Comic Con is literally one week away. So hopefully, we will get some freaking darn answers um, about what the heck is he going to be up to on these shows, and what is what are going to do in the four part crossover because this nerd needs needs neat details. Um, just so that he has an idea of how to freaking plan, you know, podcast crossovers in the fall. Uh, so, but any final thoughts about John Berman joining these shows? Or are we kind of just a wait and see approach at this point? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of siding with Brian on this one. I just, I have no idea what they're doing until I have a little more info. It's kind of just like, well, glad he's going to be around, but until I know more, I can't really get too excited. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. And also, um, listeners, I will point out right away, yes, if I sound differently compared to previous weeks, it is a new microphone. I finally got myself a much better one, so now I won't sound like... I know there's been a lot of issue complaints, So, but it's been fixed. It just cost me just, just a bunch of a couple hundred dollars, but you know, money is money, that's fine. Uh, so that's all our news for this week, and I'm sure, you know, because it's the podcast world, I'm sure by the time we're done recording, some outlet will announce that, you know, now this character is joining as a series regular. This character is doing this. So because, you know, <laughs> new, uh, the news industry doesn't like me. They like to release stuff after. So I have to wait a whole week to talk about stuff. But um, but let's get to the main core of this episode. And it's another character review. And we're actually going to talk about the big bad of season two of The Flash. Mr. Hunter Bastard Solomon, a.k.a. Zoom. Uh, who was played by the slick Teddy Sears, which, you know, we... And now we're going to do, like, a full uh, perspective on Zoom now that we've seen the whole season after having asked the question, like, 10,000 10, times, you know, who is Zoom, who is Zoom, who is Zoom, who is the man in Iron Mask, and all that. So let's talk about Teddy Sears as both 
fake Jay Garrick as well as zooming in comparison to the two roles. So, so Brian, what did you think of um, Teddy as uh, you know playing these multiple parts? I thought he was fantastic as Zoom. Um, I mean, as as evil as uh, Reverse Flash was, I think he 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 made uh, he made Zoom even more evil. Uh, Teddy, I mean, Teddy made Zoom even more evil than than Reverse Flash. Um, and and to be honest, I'm I'm glad that he ended up uh, being Zoom because I thought that his Jay Garrick was kind of wussy. Um, but, uh, he did, he did a good job making you kind of believe him and trust him as, as Jay. And, and then, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty fascinating to watch him play the completely evil zoom. And Alan and, um, and Kyle, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. He did a really good job, you know, playing, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on the front end of those episodes, uh, just completely pulling off the fish out of water and, you know, just that nice guy next door, and he was kind of vulnerable when you figure out what's going on with the, you know, his sickness and everything like that. And then suddenly they reverse it on you, and he totally, totally does a 180 and does a very, very nice job of just portraying the creepy. <laughs> he just brings the creepy factor. Um, and I don't think that would have been as strong had he not portrayed the other half of that as, you know, as well as he did, too. So. Um, it was kind of a surprise in two ways of just, wow, oh, that's, that's you. And then to see how he portrayed it, it was like, it was, it was, it blew me away. It was awesome. Uh, I loved, I loved the early episodes with him as, you know, the fake Jay. I mean, I, I've got a fake Jay pop vinyl sitting, you know, on my laptop basically right now. Um, so I, I totally dug it. I, I liked him as, as Jay, uh, and the twist definitely surprised me. And I was curious how Teddy Sears would be able to make the transition to a more evil version of the character. Because while I liked him as Jay, I didn't feel like he had a ton of personality. I think he was just a little lacking in that department. But when he became, you know, Hunter's Allman slash Zoom, he was like way more evil and way more scary and way more creepy than I gave the actor credit for. And I, and I was extremely impressed with how he was able to kind of be both sides of that same coin. And I, I think it made for a really fun reveal, even though it was a little bit kind of similar to the Harrison Wells thing the previous season. But you know, I, I don't know how deep we, how, how deep can we go into spoilers here, Andy? Oh, look, listeners, if you haven't seen season two at this point, w- that's on you. You go to okay. iTunes, CWTV, order pre-order season two because we know we've covered. You know, we know you're listening. You all are listening. So you know, if you haven't seen season two. Spoiler alert! I guess Kyle, you can yeah. go as deep as you want. Okay, so so basically, I I liked I liked Teddy Sears as the good Jay, the early Jay Garrick, but nothing makes me happier than John Wesley Ship being the actual Jay Garrick. The, you know, seeing him with the the hat and the the costume, and just embodying what Jay Garrick is supposed to be—an older, strong-jawed, you know, very like just he exudes leadership—and that's that's what Jay as John Wesley Ship had. Yeah, I, I think that was uh that was a pretty awesome reveal. I I, I actually thought that um Zoom at the beginning of the this the season might be uh Henry Allen on Earth too of of some sort. Um I had but that, I was glad that, to see as well. Yeah, I was glad to see that he, he ended up being the real Jay Garrick. That was that was really cool. 
I mean, I have enjoyed Teddy Sears from the get go, and whatever he's, whatever he's played on the show, I, 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 I actually, you know, like. I mean, I know a lot of fans were kind of pissed off when they saw that we were getting a young Jay, but you know, right now in the comic books, Jay Garrick on Earth Two. That's the that's the Earth that has its own combo right now, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that Earth, Jay Gary is younger. You know, yeah. just like Alan Scott and all these other JSA members and so on. So it kind of made sense to me that like, okay, they're going with that. Also, it is a CW. They kind of tend to do these kind of things. Uh, I like you know his uh, his innocent relationship with uh, with Kaylin because you know I mean after, after we lost Ronnie or you know lost because we still don't know if he's actually dead uh, and now Flashpoint is happening so anything is possible so you can come back for a third time before he gets killed off again uh, because that's what I've, that's totally what's going to happen uh, but that's like not permanent in the Flash universe like if your favorite character died don't worry he can come back there's there's at least 52 Earths <laughs> oh. <laughs> The magic number. Uh, no, but I like them as um, fake J. Gary. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I, you know, I, I mean, I, the thing that kind of, the reason I didn't necessarily think that he was Zoom at first was because I'm like, well, he's missing out of a lot of episodes because there were periods of time where he would kind of come back in, be there for a little while, and then be gone for a big block of episodes, and then he would come back and so on. I'm like, but, the, the, you know, because I kept thinking, oh, it's because he's shooting his other show, uh, Master of Sex. And which I think it's on Showtime or whatever, and I kept thinking that must be it. That must that's my, that's my, it must be an availability availability issue. But no, good, good lord, no! Because then we see that he is actually you know he kills himself because Andy's favorite concept of this season, time remnants, is introduced. Uh, actually, I hate it. I don't. I never want. I never want the show to explore time remnants again because I still don't get how it works. My head uh, still hurts from that. Yeah. Uh, if any, I mean. Brian or Alan, did any of you guys understood understand how that worked at all? No, I never have. <laughs> yeah, no, I. In the comics, I'll go back and they'll pull something uh, with time travel, and I'll go back and reread something and read it again, and I'll start getting a nosebleed, and I'll have to set it down and go <laughs> lay down for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought that when he killed himself, it was, um him traveling into the future and bringing his future self back or something. Right. He sacrificed himself from the future. Cause if he would have killed himself from the past, that would, yeah, he would have yeah, disappeared. Yeah. Future. And there was some line, some quick line about, about him doing that yeah. and just having the, you know, the goal to do that and how far he was willing to go. Yeah. I, I rarely do this cause I, I, you know, I have a pretty, deep knowledge of DC stuff and I, I'd like to think I know what's going on but I was so lost that I was googling all over the place trying to find what the heck a time God remnant. forbid for you googling Kyle how dare you I had to I had to and, and guess what I still didn't get an answer <laughs> <laughs> it was uh Andrew Kreisberg or Jeff Johns or Greg Blander, if you're listening, just write a freaking guide on what that what you were trying to introduce to us so that I can just... I just feel I can't move on from this life if I don't know what it was that you were trying to say in season two because a part of me wanted to love it. But okay. Anyway, back to back to uh, fake J slash Hunter. Uh, I liked them. You know, I liked the costume. I liked the whole J thing. But then when it was revealed, I kind of... You know, I'm okay with this. You know, I know a lot of people felt it was predictable, that it was, you know, whatever. And I thought it was at least better than in, rather than making Henry Allen from Earth 2 Zoom or making Joe West from Earth 2 Zoom. I actually kind of liked this and that um, 
they they kind of made their own take on it and whatnot and uh, i mean because hundred zalma is supposed to be a little more i mean i know him and eobar are kind of psychotic both of them but i know hundred is kind of a little bit more he, he crosses the line a little bit more than eobar does um so and uh, so i i enjoyed it you know i i Eobard Fawn always intimidated me, both the Tom Cavanaugh version and the Matt Letcher one, but Teddy Sears at Zoom, I mean, I was with the mask, without the mask, with, you know, Tony Todd's voice, you know, and I'm still bummed that Tony Todd never actually got, like, a... Like he should have gotten some sort of cameo somewhere where it's like, you know, maybe Zoom said, you know, I got inspired by this voice actor, you know, <laughs> whatever. But hopefully, you know, maybe he can be cast as Joe, Joe's older brother or whatever, you know, because Tony Todd is... He's the best. Maybe maybe Jay really liked uh, Candyman on Earth too. You, you know? know what that you know what that that sums it all up for what Zoom is. He watched Candyman when he was in uh, you know the rehab, and then he decided to you know what I'm just gonna be like Tony Todd and. Um, yeah, they just they pried his eyes open like Clockwork Orange and just made him watch it on a loop all day long. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're torturing me to watch a really really good movie then. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, but I really, I, I actually really enjoyed Teddy as a whole, uh, as a performer, as Zoom, more than I did with him as Jay, uh, mostly because, you know, I, once we discovered that, you know, John Wittership was going to play Jay Garrick, I mean, I mean, that is, that was our dream from, you know, season, I mean, we always hoped for that when it was announced that he was going to join the show, we were like, is he playing, Jay Garrick, is he playing, you know, who's he playing, so, and now that, you know, he got to play Henry, and then he got killed, um, which no one totally, no one saw at all coming. You know, no one told, no one. There was no foreshadowing whatsoever. And uh, you know, it wasn't like you know when he said, you know, oh, Hen Barry, I'm gonna stay in Central City. I'm like, you know, oh, he's not gonna die. He's gonna be just fine. Never mind. Um, it, so you know, of course, you know the, uh, that option is so much better because, I mean, nothing can beat the original Flash playing something as iconic as Jay as Jay Garrick. So. But yeah, but let's move on to Hunter's backstory as well as his motivation as a big bad. Uh, now, I don't know each, everyone's um, um, knowledge of Hunter's backstory in the comics, um, but, but you know, if we start with, with Kyle, like, you know, what did you think of Hunter's um, origin story, you know, based on Earth 2 and how he became Zoom and how, what his motivations were, were basically for, for Season 2 against uh, Barry and the multiverse? It definitely was a lot darker than I was expecting. It was even shot cinematically a lot darker than much of the things we've seen previously on The Flash. Um, uh, it definitely kind of hammered home how how dark and kind of demonic the persona of Zoom was supposed to be. I mean, he didn't look human at all. He looked like a monster, and everything that had happened to Hunter up until that point was a symbiote almost, almost. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, he almost was like, you know, the anti-Flash or like the, you know, you know anti-Spider-Man. You know, yeah, anti-Venom, like that, where that came from. Um, very much in that vein. Like everything that went right for, for Barry went wrong for him. And, you know, you could pull the Batman line, like, you know, the difference between you and me is one bad day. Um, and so, like, I like that aspect of it. But um, I also thought it was, uh, I, much like the time remnants, it got mildly confusing at certain points about... Who Hunter Zalman was, um, like, because there's the Earth One counterpart that was just a nobody, and then all of a sudden we're talking about an Earth Two One, 
And you know, thankfully, we got that flashback episode and that cleared things up a bit. But I mean, for a while, I, I was kind of lost on, on what was going on with his backstory in general. Um, but, you know, as far as making a, like, Eobard a, a Reverse Flash was more of a cerebral speedster, where Zoom was just a psychotic serial killer, you know, Joker, Silence of the Lambs kind of guy. Like, he just enjoyed killing and enjoyed disruption. And, you know, Airbard had, you know, revenge on his mind and nothing else. So that kind of made him a little scarier and a little more unhinged. Uh, Alan, what about you? Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I enjoyed the, the backstory um, as much as you can enjoy a backstory that that's, that's that dark. Um, uh, it was a little bit too dark for me in some areas. Um, but, again, it really showed you his, not motivations, but it just showed you how he formed and... Um, I don't know, I, I liked how, you know, Barry could kind of reflect on that and see that he was given a gift and, like, wow, you can really go down a wrong path and, boy, could that really go <laughs> turn out badly. So um, that was kind of what I took away from it was just showing Barry, um, you know, some of the other possibilities. So uh, I, I think the backstory did a really nice job of reflecting that. And, Brian, what about you? Yeah, I think that um, the fact that he he definitely was just kind of one of those guys that just wants to watch the world burn. Um, you know, that, that was his biggest motivation make, made him a lot scarier. Um, cause he really felt like he could kill anybody at any time. Um, including his own, his own henchmen. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I think that that just made it, it made the tension a lot, a lot greater. Um, because you really did feel like, you know, who's going to die this episode? Very true, very true. Well, Andy mentioned, you know, uh, you know Barry's dad dying, and that kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. And it's one of those things where once you establish that nobody's safe and you've got a character as crazy as that, that makes for interesting television because you really yeah. don't know, like you said, who's going to die. Like, he could kill anybody at any point. Yeah, yeah, and it's unlike some of these... Um, like the cinematic universes where, okay, you know that these people are signed for six more movies, so they're obviously not going to die. Uh, you know, with these television ones, you don't necessarily know who's coming back next year. So it really could be anybody that gets killed. Yeah, no, that, that's an excellent point. And, and, you know, in the rare occasion where, like, there's a big departure of an actor, you may get, like, some advance warning. But anybody that's a supporting cast member... You almost never know ahead of time unless there's a giant, you know, public uh, contract negotiation or something going on. And a show like The Flash is, is ripe for a surprise death like that. Yeah. In terms of his backstory, I really, I did enjoy it a lot because it was kind of like, and not no pun intended, but it was kind of like the reverse Barry kind of side of it all. Like, you know, how wrong everything could have gone. And you know, with all the twists and whatnot, and I like that he—it was kind of like a horror movie, you know, in that episode when we got that origin. And I don't necessarily think that it was enough. I don't think we got enough knowledge about him. We know that he had a problematic father, um, a mom that was like, I don't know, on screen for like a, a minute, and um, and uh, but I liked how he became Zoom and so on, and um, I, I just remember that episode. I know a lot of, when we were recording that episode. I know we had several issues with him so but not i've had a we've had months and weeks to process and you know kind of reflect on the season it 
kind of makes sense now a little bit more. And um, but also, I think I think it was Kyle who said it that the time running things did. I mean, as much as we joke about it, it did actually kind of distract me a little bit from being able to appreciate Zoom for what he was. Because I just I thought it would have been a lot easier for him because you know, they were they were dealing with the whole content that is the multiverse. He the goal was for him to become the fastest you know speedster in the whole multiverse. So why did he just rely on like maybe going to different Earths and taking different versions of himself rather than introduce this weird concept that kind of honestly you know what lower the quality a little bit of the of the way this villain was portrayed because. You know, yes, complex concepts are awesome, but if you if most of your audience are kind of confused what it is, you know, six episodes later, then it probably wasn't worth it. You know, like I said, you know, I I, I like new things. I like when they're experimenting so much. And maybe this was just for, maybe for me and for some others, maybe it wasn't for us. Maybe some people out there did enjoy the whole concept of time right time around us. But for me, it kind of got in the way of being able to appreciate Zoom as a full on villain and whatnot, and um. I don't know who one of you guys mentioned it, but the whole thing about him, like, he hires henchmen to go after Barry, and then he kills them, and, I mean, he's, like, the worst boss ever, first of all, <laughs> and, you know, and, I mean, these poor people didn't even get paid, and, uh, I mean, thankfully, he didn't kill anyone uh, when he brought up, brought in the whole metahuman army, and I, I will tell you this. If if I had if I had to witness seeing Lord, another Laura Lance die on screen, but but this time by Zoom, I would have been I would have rage quit like this season. Be like, you know what? I don't give an f. I'm done with Zoom. He's the worst. But I would have I don't know I would have lost it either way. But thankfully he you know he got his ass kicked because he they did the whole vibration thing or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah I have two things to add to that actually. Um, okay. Uh, one of the things you you mentioned. Um, that I, I'd kind of forgotten about, but is, is a good point. One of the things that I didn't like, I've been very positive on the show so far, but I have a couple nitpicks. Like, So I have a tough time swallowing the idea that before he went fully evil, he decided to be a hero for a while just because he thought it would be fun to turn bad once he was a hero. Like, that's that seemed a bit far-fetched. And if he's going to like hop to different Earths, what good does being a hero for a while do? if you're just going to keep the persona of that person being a good person, because he never was, like, evil Jay. Like, he just was Jay and then Zoom. So, like, that never made any sense to me. It seemed like a colossal waste of time. And uh, the second part was, so he decided to wear the, the you know, hubcap helmet or whatever you want to call it because his dad was a soldier and his dad killed his mom, so he thought that would be a good idea. Like, that's his motivation. That didn't make any sense to me either. Well, I mean, that's that's just some deep-rooted issues, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. <done> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, and there's something I also didn't... I remember us commenting on this, like, when we recorded that episode, which was, in Earth 2, it had been established that, that something like serial killers, there weren't... There, there was... No, there wasn't a lot of them in that Earth. So it was kind of weird. How did he able to go... I mean, that's the thing. That's where it kind of made a little bit confusing of how was he able to go around posing as a hero when he was a known serial killer and uh, yes he, right. got a hair, he got a haircut and he got sexier but it's like how did people not pick up on it and so on but it's like but it's one of those things where i'm like you know what we're watching a show about a guy who can run really fast talking gorilla talking shark who knows maybe a talking <laughs> giraffe next season or you know what pokemon go could become you know like a normal thing in this world you know because 
it's already eating up our world. So, uh, so anything can happen. So I don't want, I don't, sometimes I don't question logics of things on these comic book shows, whatever, because, you know, spend, spend your disbelief a little bit because that's what we have to do with comic books. But yeah, it's kind of like, how, why did he decide to be here for just a little while? But also, how did no one recognize him? Yeah. Uh, unless that helmet just has, you know, oh, no one really <laughs> picks under the hood, you know, um, you know, with here. Well, like, the, uh, the helmet's the same as Clark Kent's glasses. Uh, right. <laughs> now, you know, the glasses, I can buy more than, you know, than a helmet, you know, being on the head of a serial killer that is, you know, known in the public. Um, let me ask you guys something about the motivations, because... It kind of shifted within season two. It started with him wanting to be the fastest speedster of them all, and got to catch them all. I don't know why I said that. And then by the end of the season, he felt, "Oh, what they do? I'm gonna destroy the multiverse because reasons." Um, Brian, what did you think about Zoom's motivation? I mean, we with Airport Fawn, it was a little bit more clearer, but with Zoom, it kind of shifted throughout the middle of the season. Was that something you enjoyed? Was that something that you didn't enjoy? How did you feel about it? I thought it was confusing. Um, I, I thought, for the most part, I didn't really know what his motivations were, um, other than just wanting to destroy pretty much everything. Um, but I don't know why he wanted to do that. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty confusing, actually. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Yeah, yeah, honestly, I believe the decision to make. Uh, J slash Hunter B Zoom was not something they had mapped out going into the season because it feels like a lot of the motivations get really murky in the back, back half of season two. So it's almost like they just kind of said, Look, we're doing it, now we got to make it work somehow. And they didn't really have a clear-cut way to do it, so they just kind of threw stuff against the wall and hoped it would all be you know murky enough to not like derail the storyline. Um, and, and if, maybe they'll tell us different if we get to talk to them at Comic Con. But it really felt like it was, it was a, a last second kind of like swerve on their part, just kind of figuring it out in the writers' room. Alan, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because you know you look back on the season like, wow, that was a really, really great season. Then you start thinking about it more and more, and you're, you know, you do start to see all these kind of holes in it. And, um, but you know, much with like the, the time remnant stuff and just other things, that's when you just kind of sit back and say, you know what, this is a comic book show, so I'm not going to look too, too deep into it. Um, but, I mean, Kyle, I, I didn't think about that before. That is a good point of maybe they didn't think that far ahead because it did, it did feel like there was a big shift out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, once once it started rolling, yeah. I was on board with it, but at first it was just like, why, why is this happening? All right, cool, let's yeah. do this. Yeah, I think it's also, like, it's a way to keep things secret. You just don't make it public to a lot of the writers' room. Like, maybe, like, Berlanti or Kreisberg had the idea to make Jay be Zoom, but he didn't give that information to the writers until they needed to have it. That's true. You know, who knows what happened in the writers' room, but it definitely felt like something happened. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we know he got a cast on, you know, that new 24 Legacy spinoff show. But, you know, was that something that maybe affected whether or not he was Zoom or not from the beginning? I mean, I, I like to think the best of, you know, these writers and producers and so on. But I feel, I mean, in, I mean, this wasn't, you know, I mean, this wasn't a, it wasn't a failure. I mean, I, you know, Zoom was oh, a, no. a great villain and so on. But there were, I think there were more flaws with Zoom as opposed to Reverse. And you know, look, 
nothing is nothing is flawless. You know, it's fine that you know there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that we don't always enjoy or agree with the show and so on. That's totally fine. Uh, but I feel you know in some cases you know we question it and sometimes we just don't. And I feel in this case you know I was okay with him shifting his motivations from going from wanting to be the fastest beast in the multiverse to wanting to destroy the whole multiverse because maybe he had you know I'm always. I'm, I should never try to do this, but I, sometimes I try to put myself into the point of view of the big bads of comic books or comic book shows or movies and trying to understand, well, okay, it's been 15 episodes and his methods are not working because Barry keeps getting his speed back. So, and the speed force is on his side. What do I do? Do I leave? But, I, but knowing that he's still going to come after me or do I destroy the universe so that the speed force can't because the speed fruit was kind of, uh, you know, another opponent against Zoom. So that's why I was kind of like, you know, you know what? That whole thing in the finale when they're trying to destroy the multiverse, you know, and Barry's trying to solve it or whatnot. That's pretty dope. I kind of liked that. Um, and nice uh, set piece and everything at the end. Um, I kind of had that thought, too, of, you know what? You know, he's been running around getting speed from, from everywhere. And maybe this was his first real, you know test when Barry and, and the team are stepping up to him, maybe he just got fed up with that and was like, fine, uh, if I can't have it, nobody can, kind of thing. Um, but even even with that kind of in the back of my head, I don't know, it just seemed like a, a muddy jump to that. It, it just seemed like it could have been a, a better transition going from point A to point B, um, instead of just waking up one day in his weird straight jacket and saying, you know what, no, nope, I'm going to burn it all, like Brian said, burn it all to the ground. Well, we mentioned Edward Fawn a lot, so let's talk about that. How how does Hunter Zolomon compare to someone as Edward Fawn? You know, who was a I mean, that was a he, I mean, Edward Fawn, especially Tom Cavanaugh's version of the character, put the the bar pretty high. So whoever was going to fill his sh shoes, um, no pun intended, because you know they run in shoes, boots, whatever, uh, it was it was going to be pretty challenging either way. So so Brian, what did in comparison to Eobard Fawn, how do you think Hunter matches with someone like Eobard as a big bad? Well, going back to something Kyle said, I, I feel like uh, Eobard was more of a cerebral villain, and and uh, you know Zoom was just kind of this beast. Um, I I really like the Reverse Flash. Um, I mean, if we want to talk motivations, I was a little bit foggy on that. I know he wanted revenge or or just hated Barry because he was so good, but uh, I mean, I guess was that jealousy or what What exactly what makes you hate someone that much that uh, that you're basically going to go back and you know uh, kill her mother? <laughs> I mean, there's there's some kind of loose wiring in his head as smart as he is um i mean i'm sure we can we'll find out later i mean if if you think about it i mean we're going I mean, we're following earbud's story backwards you know what we saw in season one was in in some ways the beginning of his story because you know he's stuck in the past and whatnot so i think i mean i mean you make a good point but i think that that's where like i think they have that saved for later because you know reverse is supposed to come later if you time travel hashtag confusing uh no please yeah. continue well um i i think one of the things that made uh 
Eobard such a, a strong villain too is that he he was this mentor for for Barry. Um, so that betrayal uh, really cuts cuts deep because as an audience, as you know, Barry, everybody grows to kind of love him and and trust him, and then you find out he's the one that's basically trying to kill you the whole time. Um, I think that really makes the, the, the betrayal a lot stronger. Whereas fake Jay Garrick, you know, he was just kind of, eh, he's a friend. He's here sometimes. He's not, he's, you know, he helps a little bit, but not so much. So, the the reveal of him being Zoom wasn't as um uh you know, wasn't as it was shocking, I guess you could say, but it wasn't uh you didn't feel as betrayed. Fair enough. Um Alan, what about you? How do you feel about Hunter versus Eobard uh, in comparison to them as a big bad? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with Brian as far as, you know, the betrayal definitely cut cut way more to the core with Eobard than it did with, uh, you know, with uh, Hunter. Um, that was more of a hold your hand up for a high five and pull it away at the last second kind of thing, where this, you know, Eobard was, wow. Um, and again, like that, you know, both teams were, were affected uh, at both um, surprises, I guess, but Eobard definitely cut cut further to the core. Um and also, T- Teddy Sears is great, but Kavanaugh, man, he like, you were right. I mean, he set the bar really, really high. Um, we talked about Teddy Sears, how you know he did uh, the role reversal of being the good guy and then the bad guy really well. Uh, Kavanaugh really portrayed, you really wanted to you know, invite that guy into your house and have some drinks with him. Um, and then by the end, you know, he, uh, he was not on the Christmas list. So... Um, they're hard to compare just because they are so different from each other as far as uh, their tactics, I guess. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm going to tag out and say I, I liked them both equally or I hated them both equally. <laughs> that, that's totally fine. Uh, Kyle, how do you feel? Um, I feel like, you know, I'm going to pull a Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and do a Die Hard reference. Like, I feel like... <laughs> Eobard and Hunter are Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 2. Um, it's, Die Hard 2 is, is really good, and it reminds you of all the things you like about Die Hard 1, but it's never better than taking the ride for the first time. So Eobard slash Reverse Flash, the way that they suckered us all in and had us guessing and nobody saw anything coming. Comic book fans thought they knew what was coming because they knew the characters, and the viewing audience thought they knew what was coming, but you know the twist was something that was just so well planned out and the overall arc of his story was was for the most part very well planned out minus the you know motivations of future uh Eobard and why he hates flash so much um and yeah you and for me you've got you know you've got a a better actor with Tom Cavanaugh so you know I, I give I give it the you know we're tipping the scales here it's like 60 40 to uh Eobard Reverse Flash as the better villain, um, but you know Zoom. Zoom was no slouch. Zoom was you know he was no um, you know season three of Arrow or anything like that. Like he <laughs> he he came he Kyle, came back. Nothing can be like Arrow season three. <laughs> That's you know like yeah I I I I I, I digress. 
<laughs> so I didn't mean to get you all fired up there. No, no, I, I, it's my list. Our listeners know that Andy has had some pretty. Wow, I, I, they know that I have had some. I should never talk about myself in third person because then I, that's when I know why I'm really tipping out there. Uh, yeah, I, season three of Arrow is, you know, um, I, I can live without it. So Flashpoint, <laughs> do your job. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, to wrap wrap up that whole conversation, yeah, I mean they're both very good, um, but I just I adore Tom Cavanaugh as an actor, and I love him as Aobard. And that twist is still one of my favorite moments in recent memory of any TV show. And season one just has a place in my heart, and it'll never like I don't think season two could have ever topped what season one did for me, no matter what. You mentioned Die Hard, so I mean, you know, because this is something we do on the podcast all the time, let's play another round of another movie Andy has not seen that he should have seen years ago. <laughs> I have never seen Die Hard, so sue me. So I'm throwing out references that mean nothing. Yeah, I was just like, you're saying one of them is um, Bruce Willis, but I have no idea. But what he, about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Have you watched that show? I have seen some episodes of that show because I love Terry Crews with my heart, and he should. And by the way, if anyone who's was listening, if you ever need to cast John Henry Irons slash Steel, I would give Terry Crews' manager a call. Just uh, yeah. yeah, I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. That's that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I aim to please. So um, no, but for me, I am. Um, I mean. Yeah, yeah, what do you think, Andy? Let me be the host for a minute. Andy, what do you think? <laughs> so this is how we're doing it. Okay. Um, well, you know, Ka, I um, I mean, Eberfan is, I mean, he is a joker to Barry's Batman. Uh, he is, I mean, he is the ultimate out of all of them. Uh, actually, I mean, if we, people, some people may not know, I mean, Hanzozoma is technically not even a Barry Allen Flash villain. He's more connected to Wally, if I remember correctly, and so it's. You know, it's. I mean, Eoberfan does set the you know the the bar really really high on a lot of categories. Um, if I I would say yes, the answer to say you know, Eoberfan is definitely you know he's so far the best best big bad we've had in the whole show. See, like Kyle said, season one has a very special place in my heart too. And so I mean that episode when we see him take over the the, the shape and the the face of the real Harrison Well, that was so I, I was so uncomfortable that I was like. I really need to dis- delete this image out of my head because it look. I mean, look at his sh- skin just you know melting, and it then goes onto another body and whatnot. Uh, but it's one of the best twists ever that I've ever seen on any TV show. Um, but I would say you know if if Eobard Fod is the psychological mastermind, I would say that Zoom is the bane, the kind of the physical, and um, like you know the the physical. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he's you know he's a bigger. He he feels bigger. He's superior. His, he's he's yeah, physically yeah. superior. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know he is. I mean, he, I'm not saying assume he's stupid by any means. I mean, he's he's nowhere smart smart as Edward uh, Fon, but you know he is very. You know he is he he has a particular set of skills, <laughs> but and he but right. he is he feels like very much of a you know Venom slash Bane character and there's nothing wrong with it i like that type, those type of villains i like that there's you know you know masterminds physical threats and you know then and then you know like mystical beings and whatnot and this you know in this category you know zoom belongs in with you know someone like venom or bane and whatnot and that's and that's totally fine i don't think that this that I don't think that's in any way discrediting what Teddy Sears did with the character or you know what the writers did with that character um but yeah i think i mean i think it's 
no matter who else they bring on from now, like whether it is the rogues coming together or if it's um, Lagrod or whatever, not no one can live up to what Eobard Fawn did because we know that that story is not even finished yet. Yes, Eddie may have shot himself, um, you know, thinking that he, you know, that he, he would fix everything, you know, when he could have just gotten a vasectomy. And, you know, Eobard, I mean, <laughs> I saw that meme a couple of days ago and I'm like, that is so true. I need to bring it up on the next episode. Exactly, you know, uh, and he was been alive. Uh, but we know that Eobard Fawn will still always be there. And um, so that's why... Whoever they bring on, I mean, we're still they're still going to bring on tons of awesome villains for future seasons. But Eobon Fawn, I think, will always be the best big bat as of right now, at least. And I think, in comparison to Hunter Zalman, yes, Hunter Zalman does come in second, but it's he's not that far away. You know, if there was a you know if they were fighting, if there was a um, Zoom, if there was a race between Zoom and Reverse Flash, I mean, who knows what could happen? Anything could happen. And one of the last thing I want to, you know, as we get towards the end, I want to touch upon because it, this was, this was a very interesting part of his storyline throughout season two, his relationship with Caitlyn, and we, despite that he was this monster and that he was evil and that he wanted to kill people and you know take away Barry's speed and so on, he seemed to generally care about Caitlyn, and was almost bending himself for her for her sake. Um, Kyle, what did you think about Caitlyn's relation, quotation mark, relationship with Hunter? I can't even call it a relation without smiling a little bit because that was, yeah, that was a little bit psychotic. But what do you think? Uh, in the early stages of their relationship, like when he was the good Jay, um, I thought there was a little kind of sweetness to it, and I didn't mind it so much. Uh, it wasn't too heavy-handed. I, I do feel like that's one of those strands that once they fi finally decided to go full Zoom with, with um, Jay slash Hunter, that they didn't know how to reconcile that, and they just kind of made him, like, be a crazy person. Like, I really do care for you, but I'm also evil, so I don't know what we do. Like, it just felt weird. Uh, I felt like there was, there was no real good explanation for uh, why he decided to kind of kind of cozy up to her and then why he just decided to go full evil and never really like make a play to do anything to fix the relationship he just kind of was like well you can be evil now if you want um alan what about you yeah i mean it it kind of felt like um you know when they when they were going out or you know when they were showing interest in each other um it it, it was okay i mean it was fine you know you can kind of see that chemistry happening and you're like okay well i'm I could either kind of take this or leave this, um, and then once it uh, turned back to you know the reveal, it just seemed like I don't know they were just kind of throwing it in there to be another knife in your back once the reveal does happen. Um, so again, I could I could have either taken it or leaving it, um, and then yeah, like Kyle, like you said, when he did go full zoom, um, I mean. Yeah, he did. He did feel like he was loving her a little bit, and then he was like, "Well, you know what? Join me, or I'm gonna kill you." Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like a total throwaway. Um, but that also perhaps speaks to just how crazy and unhinged he was. So yeah, uh, and one thing I want to add to what you what you were saying, real quick. Um, if this all plays into her eventually becoming Killer Frost on Earth One, I'm okay with that being a step in the progression towards that. But if she always just stays sweet, Caitlin, then that that's a wasted storyline for me. And Brian, how do you feel? How did you feel about that relationship? Uh, I think I was. 
I could kind of take it or leave it um, as well. I, you know, when she started to kind of fall for for Jay at the beginning, um, I kind of felt like it's too soon, too soon. <laughs> you know, Ronnie's corpse isn't even cold. <laughs> even, uh, <laughs> wait a minute, it had been six months. Never, never will be cold either. <laughs> six months, but oh. it's like the love of wait, her a minute, life. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, Alan, what did you? Repeat what you just said because that needs that needs to be heard because that was I said best it never ever. will be cold. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, oh my god, that's but, the best part. But I did, I did, I felt like you know the the love of her life had just died. How six months is not long enough to to mourn that, and then and then it just when you find out that he's Zoom, it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense that he would care for anyone. Um, you know, he, he never, never really showed any inclination to care for anyone in any of the flashbacks or anything like that. So, what was it about her that made him crazy stalker man? Uh, <laughs> She's pretty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure, but <laughs> um, I mean, I, I feel like if if they wanted to put something in to explain that a little better, they would have needed to um, spend more time in the flashbacks with with his mother and kind of tie it to that. But I I don't know. Maybe they did, and I don't remember. Um, but it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Now before I before I go on, I need to ask: um, Are you a strong snowstorm shipper? Who are you asking? Uh, Brian, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I probably said it. Brian, are you are you a strong um, snowstorm shipper? No, no, I'm I'm not really a shipper for anyone. I just I just in terms of getting over the death of your husband, I think six months time. isn't that long of a time. I mean, she had been through it already, so maybe she was like, you know what. We know how this plays. He he'll be back eventually, I guess. You know, or you know, Deathstorm. Oh wait, he died anyway. Uh, no, but I mean, I mean the thing. I mean, I, I agree with all of you are saying that in the beginning when it was, you know, hashtag Snow Jay. You know, Jay and Caitlin. That was it was a sweet relationship. You know, she deserved someone that was that great. But then we saw what he actually was, and you know, and we have been pretty vocal on this podcast saying that. We were kind of, I mean, we've loved Caitlyn since season one, but Zoom reduced her to just a damsel in distress slash love interest and a victim. I felt, I mean, if this makes her into Kill Frost in season three, or if it's Flash when it makes it into Kill Frost, you know, however they do it, if they even do it, I kind of hate the fact that, I mean, I mean, I think, what was it I said on that episode? I remember being so upset with Zoom that it, you know, seeing how he had broken Caitlyn that it almost felt like having seen someone just being raped almost, you know? Kind of, you know, because she, she he, he took something from her. You know, like he's, he ruined her whole world. And, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe after the Flashpoint saga, maybe she will still have that struggle because he kind of ruined her life that she had in her, in her life. And, so yes, I mean, I think the Jay Kalen relation was fine. It was, you know, I I shipped it. You know, I'm I'm I, I love shipping, and uh, but then seeing what Kalen was reduced to in the second half, that's where I'm like, you know what, this kind of, 
you know, I can see why he cared for her because, you know, when she, you know, she was so desperate, you know, like she really wanted to help and she did, you know, she came up with Velocity. Was it Velocity 6 they started with or was it 7? Uh, I actually don't remember the number. I know Velocity 9 was like the the one that worked, but. Yeah, they went, they came up to it eventually, but like she, she kept doing numbers of attempts trying to, to help him. So maybe that's what he saw her like you know like may, well maybe there is someone that I, that I can care for because they care for me. Probably shouldn't have killed all those people and species, but you know <laughs> you know that's that's not I, my business. I also think it's weird that he that he had already had the Earth Two version of her working for him at the time. <laughs> like it's not like <laughs> oh. he just met her for the first time. Like he she'd physically been working for him already on Earth Two. I don't know, maybe he prefers brunettes over blondes. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it was only because of the fact that she was already married. He was like, damn, I can't really get into that. So, you know, but hey, she's but, single, you know. Um, I don't know, maybe assume at the end of the day he was just a big, man, you know, man pig or whatever. I mean, he was. Uh, uh, but, like, maybe he, you know, the way, I mean, maybe there's no way we can figure out what he, what he was thinking. He was just a villain. He was a bastard. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I mean... I guess we're mixed on it, all of us, to kind of sum that up. Um, now let's talk about this briefly as we get to the end. Um, how do you overall feel about Flash or Zoom as a whole? If you could just describe it in a few words. Uh, you know, we've seen all the amazing fights. You know, we've seen, you know, I mean, th- those, are, those effects. I swear to God, if they don't get an Emmy this year for all the great effects they did during all those fight scenes between Zoom and Flash... I mean, I may have to do a rant on that somewhere, uh, and you know, and people know that I love my rants. So, and uh, so, uh, Kyle, as a whole, were you were you satisfied with the whole f- arc of Flash versus Zoom? Do you feel this was a compelling arc? You know, you know, uh, featuring a hero versus a villain, and um, or you know, did it just not live up to the expectations? I, I think it delivered enough for me. Um... Like you said, the the effects of everything were great. I mean, I I think I'm constantly wowed by what that show pulls off on a television show budget. Not just like the speedster fights and stuff like that, but honestly, like the character, like CG character designs, like King Shark and mm-hmm. Gorilla Grodd, like that stuff, like that's feature length, like feature movie level stuff right there. And it's on a weekly television show, and that's just unbelievably cool. But um, as far as Zoom and Flash go. I thought I thought it had a good arc, and I thought he was a very imposing villain, um, and it definitely took Barry to some interesting places. But I'm also kind of a fan of a hero being a hero, and I don't like I didn't. I'm not against the idea storyline wise, but it kind of bums me out that the outcome is Barry becoming super selfish at the end. Uh, I would I, I would want him to be more of the hero and not the take the easy way out, and that's what we saw him do at the end. Uh, and also some of the f- the fights with with Zoom, he was more desperate and angry than he was the the quippy you know hero that we all kind of fell in love with uh, in the prior season. He was just kind of sad and desperate a, a lot of the times. And like I want to go back to the Flash that has the heart and the humor, uh, and not the one that's kind of you know broody and and angry all the time. To basically not be like Oliver Queen then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. I will. I will try to be nice. I try to be nice. But he was happy in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, if, let's define the word happiness in that context. Um, <laughs> Brian, how did you feel about uh, as a whole Flash resume? Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I 
I definitely liked the fact that he kept sending the different villains from Earth 2 after Barry. Um, I think that was really interesting because we got to see a lot of a lot of characters, even if it was for just one episode. Um, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and as, as Kyle said, Zoom was definitely imposing. I think, you know, even though you knew Barry was going to beat him in the end, it felt like every time they had an encounter, uh, Zoom would kick his ass and you're thinking, how the heck is he actually going to win? How is Barry actually going to beat Zoom? Um, so in that sense, I thought they did a great job of, of making him, uh, you know, seem like he was going to, seem like Zoom was going to win. Um, but again, I mean, some of the things that we talked about, some of the the foggy and, and kind of muddled motivations and, and uh, the Caitlin relationship, um, you know, looking back on it, it's it's a little harder for me to say, but as I was watching the season, I loved it. Um, so, and I love season one as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that's that's a great point, actually. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's one of those things where yes, he was imposing, and and the idea that Barry just it always seemed like they were going to figure out a way to beat him and they never did it just seemed like every time the the, the stakes went higher and higher and I, I think until the, the very last fight they never actually really beat him he just he kicked their ass every time um, and that makes for a really you know it makes you want to keep coming back and watching because you don't you want to figure out how they're eventually gonna you know figure out a way to take him down I mean the real enemy honestly is 23 episodes um, it's that you know when you have twenty three episodes for a season, like a, like you know like a show like The Flash, then you know you have to stretch it out. You know that's why you know he has to kind of get his ass kicked a lot before he can win. So you know, <laughs> I mean you know what if that is actually the the, the biggest enemy? You know that the episode order is not the actual big bads, um, but you know that's here <laughs> and there or whatever. But uh, but Alan, how do you feel uh, uh, as a whole? I feel the biggest enemy was himself. No, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think all of us have said, yeah, we can have some nit nitpicks and whatnot, but overall, it was an extremely entertaining season. Um, season one is really, you know, was really hard to, to, you know, again, they they set the bar really high, so I was, you know, really happy with the way season two turned out. Um, there were some things here and there that I didn't quite like, but I love that they brought in like a full King Shark episode. That's probably one of my favorite episodes, and the promos for that were great. Yeah. <laughs> like King Shark promos. is coming. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for as as many issues that it, as it had, I was still, you know, coming home, like it's glued to the TV every single time. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder what they're going to do for the next season. I mean, obviously we have some, some hints, but it just, uh, even though, you know, we got Flashpoint coming up. It's like, wow, they're, they're really just kicking it up every single time. Um, so, yeah, overall, still really enjoyed it. And those nitpicks I can easily just toss to the side. I mean, you guys have pretty much said everything that I that I was going to say about um, Zoom as a whole. I mean, I enjoyed them to a, a large degree. Um, yes, had a lot of flaws. And there were some holes along the way but I 
I mean, this is a this was an impressive villain. I mean, I was terrified of him, and I I love the fact that we, that he in the end became something else. I mean, something else. Else? No. That, oh damn! Why did I? That was that was an accident. But he he kind of. I mean, I think it's safe to say that he is a. The Black Flash now, you know he, you know we he he tramps, you know the the time remnants or you know the um, the, the mentor looking as beasters came in, you know made him to you know like Black, a, Black a, Racer, yeah the Black Racer. I mean, I look forward to seeing that one day. I mean that I don't think that was just like you know oh an accidental Easter egg. I think that is supposed to be the Black Racer now, and I kind of like that fight because now. I mean, now Zoom has been given a different type of power that he maybe never even wanted, but because of his action, he was punished with it. And um, but before we wrap up, I do want to ask one question, um, because we're now looking to season three. We don't know anything besides Flashpoint. Who do you want? As in, you can answer this any way you want. Who do you know? Who you want as a as a big bad for Flash season three? Or if you don't know who, but do you know what you want? in the season three big bad that they're going to bring in whoever it is um kyle you want to start off yeah uh, i know what i don't want uh i think we've seen um a the villain speedster kind of done to death we've you know two seasons in a row like i don't know what else they could do with another villain solo speedster trying to destroy the world or get revenge like it feels like that's been done to death um it's time to move on to something different um i would I'd like to, I know like the budget would be hard to pull off, but I wouldn't mind seeing like some gorilla city and maybe some uh, some uh, grod getting a getting a team of gorillas together. That could be fun. Um, I have no idea what could spin out of Flashpoint. Um, you know, uh, I, I it's it's I, I would love for them to go completely off the wall, something that like no one would expect, and like I don't know, go like. Heavy, like bringing bringing the Green Lanterns and then have like the Sinestro Corps be the villains or something. Whoa. Like, no, like everyone's been talking wow. about, like you know, like I don't know, it's something crazy though, because like that's what the Flash has done so far that has really impressed me. It always does what I don't think they'll do on television. Like they're never gonna do silly or like you know they're never gonna do the Flash on TV. Like they just, you know they can't pull off the effects. So um, the show continues to push that bar for me. And at this point, I feel like they need to push it to a different location and, and pick a villain that is not what they've been doing and really kind of dig into the DC universe. Who that might be, I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing out nerdy ideas. But, um, I, you know, once we see some footage or some ideas at, at Comic-Con, we'll probably have a better idea. But, um, yeah, other than maybe Grodd, I can't think of anybody that's already been established that I would want to see come in and have a heavy presence. What about you, Alan? John Barrowman. <laughs> um, well, you got it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't want to see him as the big bad. I, you know, it's that's a tough one. I I don't know who I want. I'm in the same camp as probably a lot of people. I don't know who I want, but I don't... The Speedster versus Speedster thing has been great, and they've already had some other like filler episodes where it's Speedster versus Speedster, so I want to see something else. I want to see... I don't know, that'd be crazy if they did Green Lantern Corps. I know stuff. they will. There's but no I mean, way, yeah. but um, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to see Grodd come back again yet, um, but they did kind of tease some Gorilla City stuff, yeah, they so um, they could also bring that in as, I don't know, a B story yeah. and have that come in some other time. You know, so. I, I'd love to see, 
uh, I forgot to mention it when I was talking, but uh, you know, I think the fans want this too. Mirror Master to come in, yeah. and, and I, yeah. want, I want to see the Rogues really be the Rogues because they've made like jokes about the Rogues, but they haven't been the Rogues yet. That's kind of what I was thinking too. I want to see the Rogues, you know, be the team that they are. Um, but part of me is also like, I don't know, they're not really villains, quotation marks, uh, because they do have that that lighter side, especially in the comics. I mean, they were they were heroes for a little bit too, and they're the for a while. So. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to see like Mirror Master and um, um, the rest of the Rogues just kind of come together, but I don't know if I want them as my my main big bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Uh, I'm pretty much in the same camp as these guys. I I don't I don't really want anybody that's already been established. Uh, I don't really want another speedster. Um, I think that they they probably could and maybe should do something like Arrow has done where they've borrowed other uh, other villains from other heroes kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I It's it's really hard to say. Uh, the Flashpoint thing will be interesting because um, it'll be interesting to see if they do some of the other versions of, of heroes in Flashpoint. Um, you know, whether it's... Uh, was it Project One Superman or yeah. you know Skinny anything like Superman? <laughs> yeah, the emaciated Superman, um, <laughs> uh, you know, or or Aquaman and Wonder Woman trying to kill each other and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, I don't think they probably have the budget for it, but um, I don't know. The one thing I do want for season three is I want Patty to come back. Yeah, yeah. She was a great character. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm big fan of as well. I, I liked her and Barry together. I liked, uh, you know, her working with Joe. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So, and I don't mind. Just for regular, I, I was, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard of Polly before, but I wasn't a particular Patty fan. So hearing all well, three of you be like, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, of course. Uh, no, no. I mean, if they can, I mean, didn't Patty play a big part in Flashpoint as um, what was her name? Pursuit. She, uh, she, you know, she had a suit. She was on a motorbike or something. Um, Man, I must, have to- I must have totally missed that. I remember she she does suit up at some point as some sort of character. Um, um, for me, I, I mean, first of all, the whole comment about no more speedster villains, I mean, I don't think there are any more speedsters they can use. Um, I mean, they've used the two biggest ones, so I don't think... I mean, the reason I'm not worried about that is that the, the, the reason I have... that I'm not even scared about the idea of them doing a third speedster villain is because they they would have to create a new one, I guess. I, don't, I think they've kind of run out of... <laughs> pun intended. Uh, they've kind of, you know... They used up the, the ones they have. I mean, God's... Yeah, well, they Unless they they use do the like two a, biggest names, but there's plenty of other speedsters to yeah, bring into the universe. Right, but I, I don't know if they want to... Evil Barry from the future or something. Evil Corrupt Barry or something. Oh, you mean the, the blue-suited Barry? Yeah, yeah. I, that, that might be too much like a Zoom because, you know, Zoom was kind of a blue effect kind of guy. and I, I think, think they were cribbing that from, from mm-hmm. that, so I definitely do not want to see that. I think, honestly, I think that might have been one of their original plans for the, for Zoom. And then they they dropped it in in favor of of Jay. I mean, I am liking the idea of Gulagrod. I mean, I mean, I've said before I kind of 
would want the show to do something that shows like Once Upon a Time and Age of Shield does, which is split up the two seasons, you know, the season in two halves, with literally its own separate arc. The first ten episodes of season three could be about, let's say, Gulagrod. He's the big bad for season three A, and then from season three B, you could do something like maybe Mirror Master or the Rogues, because that way. You, you don't have, there's not a lot of filler or, you know, standalone episodes you have to, you know, do within one season with just one big bad. Because that's, that's the curse with so many episodes. You can't use, you can't spell out the whole arc within 10 episodes. Then Because then you have 13 episodes that you have nothing to do with. So, but if you split up the two, the two halves as two separate arcs, I think that's something that they, they should seriously do one day. And for Grill City would be, I mean, I think they kind of, we're, we're gonna go to at some point and i think you know whether it's for three or four or five episodes or for a full season or you know a full half of a season i'm game for anything i do i what i want in the next big bad is not a metahuman but i someone like maybe i mean i feel like mirror master could be on on his way i mean we're i mean kyle i, I think you were there at the, the dc panel last year i mean we were both here in an enterprise we literally said we were supposed to see mirror master in season two yeah, and but then you know things may have changed and whatnot. So, and I would love to see how they would do the Mirror World on television yeah. because you know on the original Flash TV show I don't they don't really they didn't really do that because it was the nineties it was CBS and <laughs> again it was the nineties. So and also but you know interesting fact Katie Cassidy's father played Mirror Masters. So there's a already a little superhero connection in their family. So um. You know what? I just realized something. In in an odd way, I I almost have to be a little bit appreciative of Zoom because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have another Laurel right now in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Laurel. I love Black Canary. So you know, I it needs you know if I haven't made it perfectly clear already. So, but yeah, I don't want a metahuman specifically in the next Big Bat, and I don't want. I mean, either meta, something like Mirror Master or the Rogue, or maybe a female villain, because none of these shows besides Supergirl has done a female big bad and i think it's time that we i mean we spice things up a little bit because there's some great ones they could use and i you know and if it, if they have to borrow it from another hero i mean look arrow has done it before smallville has done it before it's fine so just let's go for it if they you know if they feel the need to do it um now that starts off doing the legends of the tomorrow stuff i don't know they could have glider come in and be the head of the rogues and do like a whole uh you know she could be the leader for a while. I don't know. That'd be kind of neat. I mean, she has her own... I mean, the problem with that is that she has her own show now on the season. She's on a new show. Uh, but, but I'm sure scheduling would be a little bit easier to work out as opposed to if, you know, she had been on ABC or Fox or CBS or something like that. Right. At least she's within the family. So it it could happen. I mean, I think they should do more things with Golden Glider, but... But hopefully, within a week, uh, at the time of recording, we will have plenty of new answers at the Comic-Con panel and the trailer, or we will be left even more confused and speculative and all that, because <laughs> October 4th is still a long way to go uh, when the show comes back. But I think that's going to wrap up our discussion for Hunter Zolomon and Zoom and our wishes for season season freeze big bad. And uh, before we get to plugs and so on, uh, I want to touch about a little bit because um, Brian was so nice to let us uh, reveal this piece of artwork first and uh, before he's releasing anywhere. And um, he's done an amazing piece of art of Hunter. I mean, t- this was a 
completely like you know like this was not this wasn't planned this just happened because i'm like hey i'm talking about zoom and then he said oh i just happened to finish the zoom art so he has a new zoom art with the hunter zalman and that we're really we're gonna put it in the, the, the show notes and i'm should be able to get it on itunes and brian how long have you worked on this and um do you have any favorite parts about drawing it like you know no, i'm asking like 10,000 no. questions right now so i'm so sorry yeah no i can't <laughs> i can't uh, i can't have tv on while i'm drawing it's too distracting um but uh that's uh zoom is is actually uh, a a piece from um an alter egos series that i've been doing um and uh, so essentially the the series is uh each month i re- i do a piece of art that has you know the either the hero or villain in their costumed persona and then in their civilian persona um and uh once a year for the series i do a, a fan vote and uh and this year zoom was the winner of the fan vote um by a lot i mean he he, he pretty much trounced everyone else in the uh, in the vote um and so this was just the piece that I finished uh, and will be revealing with you guys, and then um, I will have them at uh, at conventions and uh, and on my website for sale. Awesome. Uh, well, that's a good segue into um, to letting everyone know where they can find you on the internet, uh, your site, and what events they could find you at uh, in the next coming months. So uh, my website is odysseyart.net. It's uh, O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y-A-R-T dot net. Um, it's, you know, got a backlog of, of a lot of my work. Uh, it's got a store on there. Um, and then it's got links to all my social media, Facebook. Um, I'm Odyssey Art on Facebook. Um, Twitter, you mentioned I'm Odyssey Art Torch. Uh, and same on Instagram, Odyssey Art Torch. So... Um, and in terms of conventions, uh, I've got four in a row uh, in August. Um, Nickel City Comic Con in Buffalo, and then uh, let's see, that's August 13th and 14th. Then the next weekend, I will be at Wizard World Chicago. Uh, the weekend after that, I will be at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in San Jose, and then uh, Labor Day weekend, I will be at Fan Expo. Uh, Canada in Toronto. You're gonna have so much con crud, just so you know. <laughs> That's like, yeah. <laughs> how will you recover? Like, I mean, we 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 made it to check in on you just to see if you're still alive after all those cons. Because <laughs> I don't know if I could do like even two cons at the you know in a row on in the same you know within two weeks. So yeah, um, actually, when you when you saw me at WonderCon, that was my third weekend in a row doing a con. So. Um, I would have never guessed that I thought, you know, oh, maybe this is the first con of the year or something like that, but damn. Yeah, that was that was third in a row, so. Uh, and also for our listeners, you know, we did uh, we did a giveaway, you know, teaming up with Brian, you know, a few months ago, and I don't know, but, you know, maybe Brian and I were working on something for the next month or something where we might do another giveaway, so just stay tuned, keep following him at Odyssey Art Torch, and um, 
you never know you know i like doing surprises to you guys sometimes so just stay tuned <laughs> and um kyle, kyle and alan and tell me where they can find you on social media as well as you know talk about nerd repository if the people don't know what it is and what events are you going to be up to uh, besides you know kyle going to comic-con next week with me uh you can find us on uh, pretty much all realms of, so of social media uh, if you go to uh, at Nerd Repository uh, or at Drinks and Drinks and Discourse, that's our podcast. Uh, you, you could also go to nerdrepository.com, drinksanddiscourse.com, and uh, you know we're all over social media. YouTube, you can watch our unboxing videos. Just search for Nerd Repository. You'll find that there. Um, yeah, we'll be out at uh, we'll be out at San Diego Comic Con. We'll have um, tons of interviews and fun stuff going on there. Um, we've got a couple giveaways coming up. We've, we're partnered with uh, a local company called Smoke Tree Workshop, and they do uh, some awesome uh, laser in, engraving on wood, like sort of wood art pieces of all of just anything in the nerd realm, like Star Wars, uh, The Flash, uh, Marvel, everything. Uh, really cool pieces of art, and we're constantly partnering with them. So you can check out our site and our social media for giveaways. And uh, yeah, we're going to be kicking in with Andy at the at Comic Con, so we're just pumped for that. There's going to be all kinds of you know fun stuff that you can only see if you're following you know either the Flash Podcast or Nerd Repository or whatever, because we're going to be out there and you know doing it up and periscoping or whatever else we can do to kind of <laughs> kind of get the name out there. That implied that there would actually be internet around to do periscopes at, at Comic Con. <laughs> that is a very good point. That, well, I'll be periscoping from like the you know the bars or something. <laughs> yeah, not gonna do that. Well, Look, you being all fancy going to bars. Per I mean, who periscopes at a bar, Kyle? Jesus! I'll be the first <laughs> be the man. Trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be the first. Um, Alan, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me latched on to uh, Kyle. Any, <laughs> any of the places that he mentioned. Um, also, I, I don't tweet a lot, but when I do, they're doozies. <laughs> no, um, so my, uh, more. It's easy. Is, is at Flash8286. Uh, I've had that one for, for a long time, so, um, yeah. Yeah, um, and just to kind of expand a little bit, um, I, I forgot to mention, uh, Nerd Repository, uh, we do movie, TV, video games, sometimes some comic books, sometimes some editorials. Sometimes some unboxings. You can find all that stuff on nerdrepository.com. And Alan is actually one of uh, my co-hosts on the Drinks and Discourse podcast. It is a weekly podcast where we review films. We play interview clips from uh, you know people we interview, directors, writers, uh, showrunners, actors, all that stuff. Talk um, about some video game stuff. Video game stuff. Um, we get a little bit more into the extra realms of nerddom on that. And so, he, yeah, he's, he's partnered up with me. And that's weekly, so you can listen to that. Subscribe through iTunes. Uh, drinks in discourse were the only one we're easy to find um, uh, and uh, I, I would also like to say that Alan is uh, representing the Flash podcast very well tonight you sitting next to me wearing a Central City running shirt uh, some Flash Converse and Flash uh, knee high socks so he was ready for the show I was excited to get here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember last year when he, I don't know, I, I, maybe I mixed you up with someone at Comic-Con, but I remember some, I think it was you, Alan, that kind of like geeked out like when I, you know, because you were like, oh, my God, I listen to your show. I love the Flash and so on. And then I, I'm like, oh, oh, my God, that's awesome. And then I saw, he, I think I tweeted an awesome photo of him cosplaying as Jay a few months ago. I'm like, yeah. dude, you need to, I almost like forced him on Facebook, you need to tweet this so I can retweet that uh, because it was so good. And yeah, you did force it. You're like, go put it on there. That was my uh, Halloween costume. So. Yeah, he built it from scratch. He did good. Yeah, he did I'm really a little good. worried that you didn't mention any pants. 
<laughs> Ryan, it is it's summer right now, so I'm sure he's wearing shorts. And summer, and we're in Arizona, so it's uh, it's like 115. So, <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! No, but uh, no, I loved having all three of you uh, on the show, and uh, feel, feel, feel free to come back anytime you want. And like Kyle said, yeah, I will be at Comic Con and uh, next weekend, and uh, probably just repeating over and over again that he looks freakishly a lot like Kyle McLaughlin because I'm I'm I do not kid. You could put them next to each other, and I would honestly think. That that Kyle was the one who played, you know, Daisy's father on Shield, or he was from P- Twin Peaks, and not even think who's the other guy, and so on. Heck, he's his wife looked like Felicia Day. I'm like geeking. I just geeked up about that. Uh, so you know, I just happen to have a lot of friends that look like celebrities. That's 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 the best <laughs> thing ever. So yeah, we will be at Comic Con and uh, next weekend. Uh, me, Amy, and Lauren will be there. Um, pretty sure Amy will be right. She's been hinting that she's going. So, um, but we will actually speaking of Comic Con, I mean, regarding plugs, you know. Guys, the Flash podcast plugs are down below in the in the in the blog post. You you know what it is. Uh, we will be actually be doing a special pre Comic Con episode this week that will be released very early next week because Annie's going to be busy flying around next Tuesday, so he won't have time. Damn, I'm I'm doing first person again. I'll be busy flying around <laughs> a bunch of stuff. It's just I just feel like a diva for talking first person, so that's all. And um, I'll be flying around a lot, so you'll be getting that episode very early, and we're. Working on we're working on schedule right now, but we might be doing with several members, several members of the DC Podcast Network. And if you're lucky, if everything comes in order, we might do a live. So you may want to head over to mixer.com/slash/dcpodcast and follow. So just you know, and if you want to follow my stuff, uh, you know, from Hero Hollywood, TV Over Mine, or Jamal Port, or DC Podcast, just follow me on Twitter at Andrew which is spelled. B H B A K H T, and you you can see me nerd out about thing. You can see me telling you know telling the the people of the world why Digimon is so much better than Pokemon because I don't get Pokemon <laughs> Go. I never will. Pokemon Go, Pokemon is just a weird concept because the anime show still has Ash Ketchum after twenty seasons, still being ten years old. It's creepy. So yeah, so if you wanna follow me for my weirdness, you know where to find me. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and. Like I said, come back anytime you want, and I'm sure I'm gonna like message you in the middle of the night one day and say, "Hey, come back. Let's talk some more Flash." So, uh, I had a blast. So, thank you all so much. It was a huge blast, a lot of fun talking to you guys and um, speculate about what's coming up. So, so guys, that's it for the Flash podcast this week, and uh, we'll be back with a pre-comic episodes, and um, so stay tuned for that. But for all of our members here on the Flash podcast, I'm Andy B, and we will see you next time on the Flash podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.